guys, I'm just going to sit here and say it. Last week, last Tuesday, I told everybody, hey, do you hear how I sound? Do I sound sick to you? Do I, do I look sick to you? That is a clear sign, ladies and gentlemen, of a jinx. Now, a jinx is when you speak something, when you say something that is you, you think is not happening, and then it turns out it does. You jinx it into happening. So it happened. Uh, I missed this past the last Thursday's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, and I missed this coming up, or this past Tuesday's episode of Piss Game Frenzy due to Christmas. Now, we are back. We are back. It is Thursday, and I'm not sick this time. I, I would assume COVID was pretty rough, and I assume that's what it was. It was either COVID or the flu, I would assume. So uh, I'm better. I had to get healthy. I had to rest my body to do this show. My voice feels great. I feel great. We're going to rock and roll with the NFL today. Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon and pretty chilly Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean or Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me now if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel like each episode leave comments down below spotify for listening on there share around with others and follow on there as well pod being an apple same thing follow and share around with others on there as well now x instagram and facebook all we have to do is type in pigskin frenzy follow like the pages there you'll get episode updates you'll get news and highlights from across college and nfl football you'll get Trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL one, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. NFL Day Today, I said we were going to be back, and we're back. NFL Day Today, and we are going to recap a pretty interesting Week 16 and a pretty interesting uh, Christmas slate of football games, including one game that I did not cover and that's up in Arrowhead because we have to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I said I wasn't going to talk about them, and I was telling myself, hey, let's not talk about them, but it's too hard to not talk about. We got to discuss what's going on in Kansas City. Now, we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss the Week 17 slate of games for New Year's Eve, and it is going to be a doozy there, including Lions and Cowboys and Ravens at or Dolphins at Ravens. We're going to talk about those two games. We are going to talk about some of the latest news going on in the game, uh, including the benching of Russell Wilson. We're going to have to discuss that as well as others. We're going to talk about who's in and who's out of the Pigskin Frenzy Injury Report. Guys, subscribe to the channel. Keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. We're back here. I am ready to rock and roll. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Subscribe and follow on all platforms, all audio platforms, on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Instagram, Facebook, and X. Just keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on there as well. Guys, let's dive deep into week 16. And if, you, if you're watching me on YouTube, you can tell it's a holiday season. I'm wearing a cardigan sweater jacket here, and it feels pretty nice, pretty comfortable. I feel pretty good. I'm ready to rock and roll here in the office area of Pigskin Frenzy, and I'm ready to rock and roll for NFL. Guys, Saints-Rams. That was last Thursday night's football game. We decided to talk about it and cover it. I said I wasn't going to do it, you know, on, predicted on this week's because, hey, my voice was shot. Now I'm ready to go. Rams at Saints. I t- 
told everybody on the socials that I had the Rams winning this ball game. I was right. I was three and one in my picks this week for games that I was covering, and Rams was one of them. Rams 30, Saints 22, final score. I was right on this one. I said that, um, and I and I and this is what my thoughts were. Y'all didn't hear me, but here this is my thoughts on the game. Where I thought the Rams were going to uh, pull away with this one late, um, they kind of did, but the Saints kind of marched back into it. It was a thirty to seven, you know, lead right now uh, or that, that that time for the Rams. And then the Saints just came back and ended up winning. So Rams 30, Saints 22. Matthew Stafford 24 for 34 with 328 yards and two touchdowns. Kyron Williams 22 carries with 104 yards and a touchdown. Ronnie Rivera six carries with 20 yards. Puka Nakua, one of the I think one of the fastest breakout stars in the NFL is Puka Nakua. What a fantastic receiver he has been for the Los Angeles Rams. Nine receptions with 164 yards and a touchdown. Two carries with 16 yards. Demarcus Robinson, six receptions with 82 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, six receptions with 52 yards. Tyler Higby, three receptions with 30 yards. And the defense played a stellar game. They racked up two sacks on a turnover. Safety John Johnson III was the highlight by racking up eight total tackles. Let's go with the Saints really quick. Twenty Derek Carr, 27 for 40 with 319 yards and an interception. Alvin Kamara, nine carries with 19 yards, five receptions with 16 yards. Jamal Williams, two carries with eight yards, five-yard reception. Chris Olave, Chris Olave, Three, nine receptions with 123 yards. Rashid Shahid, five receptions with 70 yards and a touchdown. Juwan Johnson, four receptions with 48 yards and a touchdown. A.T. Perry, 35-yard touchdown reception. The defense played very tough against a solid Rams offense. Defense back Paulson Abito was the highlight of this defense with 10 total tackles. Derek Carr, three, total t- three touchdowns, but that interception. And here's the thing. With the Saints, and let's just get on the Saints for a little bit before we talk about the Rams. The Saints are a team that are good, but not great. They're bad, but good, if that makes sense. And it's just kind of in the middle with the New Orleans Saints. When you look at them, uh, Derek Carr made some good throws. That Rashid, that Rashid touchdown, that Rashid, Rashid Shahid touchdown, uh, you know, going yard. Was a great throw, accurate pass, touchdown. But here's my issue with Derek Carr. He has made some plays where they could have been sure touchdowns. He could have had more touchdowns to his to his stat sheet. But when you look at it, and when you look at him, he misses those wide open throws, and those are open throws that he could have made. Those are some touchdowns that he could have made. Um, prime example: Chris Olave, wide open. Overthrows him. Uh, Juan Johnson, wide open. He misses him. There were some throws that he could have made, and he just wasn't too consistent, if that makes sense. He wasn't too consistent on the night, and I think the game would have been gone the other direction if Derek Carr would have made some of those throws. He made some good throws when it mattered, but he also missed some throws when it was supposed to matter as well. And I think that was a big part of of why the Saints lost that game was inconsistency on offense, and it started at the quarterback spot with Derek Carr. Now, 
when you look at the defense, the defense couldn't really slow down what the Rams were cooking. Matthew Stafford was going, was clicking on all cylinders. He looked like a man possessed out there throwing the football. He looked pretty good, especially with Puka Nakua. He was throwing to him like he was nobody's business. Nakua, uh, made some accurate catches, made some clutch catches to, you know, continue the drive and make the drive go, go, just click and go. And Stafford was the big piece behind that. Stafford played really, really good for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, if you look at the Saints, the Saints are in a tough spot right now. They play the Buccaneers Sunday. Um, and when I look at them, we're going to preview and predict that game. That's the game that we're covering Sunday for New Year's Eve. But when you look at that game, that game's going to be telling on uh, not only on division hopes, playoff hopes, but future hopes on where what, what needs to improve for the New Orleans Saints. Now, when you look at the Rams, the Rams are a team that I would tread lightly playing come playoff time. Uh, this is a team that you better be careful and you got to watch out playing against this is a team that looks solid and if you underestimate them will beat you uh this offense is clicking the defense is clicking as well they they don't listen these the the draft picks they got they don't draft they may not draft first rounders or second rounders but these players coming from the draft that the rams go out and get are solid football players, and they're in there for a reason, and they're playing for a reason. And these are, these are players that are breaking out, and they're coming out at the right time. So if you're if you're anybody against the Los Angeles Rams, be careful and playing carefully, playing against this team in the playoffs because this team is going to look good come come two weeks. We are two weeks out from the NFL playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Two weeks out from the NFL playoffs and then come two weeks away when the Rams are in there, you got to, whoever's playing them has to play carefully. The projected matchups right now is the Philadelphia Eagles playing against the Los Angeles Rams. So be careful and tread lightly playing against the Los Angeles Rams. Final score, Rams 30, Saints 22. Or the Saints going to have to go back to the drawing board. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to need to do to try to try to click and try to be consistent because consistency should have already been a thing, all right? Should have already been a thing going into Week 17. The Rams look like a team that you're going to want to have to tread lightly playing against come playoff time in two weeks. 30-22, Rams defeat the Saints. Now, moving on, the Browns and the Texans. I said the Browns were going to win this football game. I was right. Uh, it was just hard because C.J. Stroud not playing. It was going to give the Browns more of an advantage, especially with the rebirth and the career resurrection of Joe Flacco all of a sudden. Final score, Browns 36, Texans 22. Joe Flacco had himself a game, ladies and gentlemen. He played lights out. 27 for 42 with 368 yards and three touchdowns with two interceptions. <laughs> Excuse me, Jerome Ford, 15 carries with 25 yards and a touchdown. Pierre Strong Jr., 5 carries with 22 yards. Kareem Hunt, 7 carries with 11 yards and 1 touchdown. 2 receptions with 5 yards. Amari Cooper had himself a day, ladies and gentlemen. He had himself a day. 11 receptions with 265 yards and 2 touchdowns. He had himself a day. 
265 yards and two touchdowns with 11 receptions. Unbelievable for Amari Cooper. David Njoku, six receptions with 44 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Moore, two receptions with 19 yards. Jordan Atkins, two receptions with 18 yards. Cedric Tillman, two receptions with 13 yards. The defense racked up three sacks and two turnovers. Linebacker Sayon Takai was the highlight of the defense with seven total tackles. Now, let's talk about the Texans for a little bit. Davis Mills, 15 for 32 with 149 yards and two touchdowns. Two carries with nine yards. Taste Kingdom came in for him, 11 for 17 with 62 yards and two interceptions. Devin Singletary, nine carries with 44 yards, three receptions with 19 yards. Damian Pierce, three carries with six yards, 10-yard reception. Dalton Schultz, eight receptions with 61 yards. Noah Brown, three receptions with 38 yards. Brevin Jordan, two receptions with 27 yards. Nico Collins, four receptions with 18 yards and a touchdown. And Xavier Hutchinson, 18-yard reception. And Robert Woods, two receptions with 14 yards. And Andrew Beck, the tight end, two receptions with six yards and a touchdown. And the defense played very tough, but it was hard to stop Cleveland through the air. However, the highlights for this defense were safety DeAndre Houston-Carson and linebacker Christian Harris. Houston-Carson racked up six tackles and an interception. Harris notched up seven total tackles. (laughs) The offense for the Texans just looks different without C.J. Stroud in there. Uh, Stroud has missed two games uh, with a concussion. Uh, He's on the injury report. We will have an update on him later on in the episode. But for the Houston Texans, they just look like a completely different team without C.J. Stroud in there. Um, And it's going to be a little bit tricky finding your way into the playoffs if Stroud keeps missing. Uh, He's the reason behind that offense, and he's what makes that team click. So it's kind of hard you know, to win some of these crucial games when you don't have your star quarterback in there. So that's just my thing for it. It's not an excuse. It's just how it is. It's a fact. They look different without C.J. Stroud in there. Um, when you look at the Cleveland Browns, uh, Joe Flacco coming from the couch. Guys, he came from the couch. Literally came from the couch. Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Flacco from the Ravens, won a title with the Ravens, comes off the couch, signs with the Browns from the practice squad, gets elevated from the practice squad. He's playing football, starting the games, and is now throwing for 368 yards. He's already got 1,000-plus yards and 10-plus touchdowns on the year so far, and it's only been a few weeks. Joe Flacco has got nothing to lose, and he's playing like a man possessed. Now, He's leading them into the playoffs with Deshaun Watson out for the rest of the year. He's leading them into the playoffs. They're 10 and 5 in the wild card spot, two weeks away, but they're 10 and 5 going to the playoffs. Uh, I would assume they're going to the playoffs. They haven't really, it, there's no, there's no berth that they have clinched. They have not clinched a playoff berth yet, but I assume that if they keep playing the way they're playing, they will clinch a playoff spot and they will be in the playoffs. Um, Cleveland looks like a team that. I would tread lightly on playing also, especially with Joe Flacco and the way he's running that offense. And that defense is already stout. I mean, one of the uh, top five defense in the NFL. They look ready. They look hungry. And this is a team that I would tread carefully on playing come two weeks and uh, just be careful playing them. Uh, They look good and they look ready. The Houston Texans are a team that can be in there and they're still fighting for the AFC South, especially with what's going on with Jacksonville, especially with some of the games they're losing. They they lost again to the 
to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, in a blowout loss. Uh, and with what's going on with Jaguars, they're kind of dipping and dipping and dipping. They had a clear-cut lead in the AFC South, and by winning games, they were 8-3, and three, and they just kept losing and losing and losing. And now the Houston Texans and the Colts even are back in it in the South. So uh, for the Texans, they're not out of the woods yet, but I would – I would try to get C.J. Stroud healthy and back and ready to go because he is what makes that team click on both on on the on offensive side of the ball. But it kind of bleeds into the defensive side of things. The defensive side of things are good, but not really because it's one of those things where on offense, if you see your offense, you know, just building up and riled up and ready to go. The defense will bleed into that energy and will get and it will be hyped on that energy. So the energy from CJ Stroud on offense can bleed into the defense if that kind of makes sense a little bit. So the defense just needs to get some of that, that spark back, and and they will. Uh, I think if CJ Stroud comes back and comes back within Sunday, uh, the Texans can win some games and who knows, may slip in and slide in to a playoff spot. They're still in it. They're still in it for the South and they're still in it in the playoffs. Final score, 36-22 Browns. 36-22 Browns. Browns defeat the Texans. Browns are 10-5. and Texans are 7-8. and They are still looking, still fighting for it. Browns are getting pretty comfortable as they head into most likely will head into the playoffs in two weeks. Joe Flacco reviving his career. Round of applause for Joe Flacco. If you can hear me on audio and hear me on YouTube with the mic, Joe Flacco, man, just reviving his career right now. Guys, big game here, Dolphins and Cowboys. I said that the Dolphins were going to beat the Cowboys. I said that the Cowboys, and by the way, going on with the Cowboys, titled the episode of, or, not this past week, not last week's, but two weeks ago's episode. How about the Cowboys? Um, let's ignore that one. <laughs> no, no, seriously, go back and rewatch that episode. But let's ignore the title of that episode because after that, they've lost two straight and they lost this game. I picked the Dolphins to win. I was right. 22-20, Dolphins beat the Cowboys by two. The Cowboys are on a two-game losing skid. Uh, blue got blown out by the Bills, and then they lost a close one to the Dolphins. So. The Dolphins look good, man. I'm not going to lie. They look good on offense. Everyone was saying they needed they needed to beat a top contender, a championship contender, and they did. They did with Dallas. And I, and I said that they needed to. I said that they needed to. They needed to beat a top contender, and they did. And they did in Dallas. They're for real. Tua Tungavailoa, 24 for 37 with 293 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 11 carries with 46 yards and 4-yard touchdown. Devon A. Chain, 7 carries with 24 yards and 7-yard reception. Jeff Wilson Jr., 5 carries with 21 yards and 4-yard reception. Tyree Kill, 9 receptions with 99 yards. Durham Smythe, 5 receptions with 56 yards. Jalen Waddle, a 50-yard reception. Cedric Wilson Jr., 3 receptions with 42 yards. Robbie Chosen, the 4 Former Robbie Anderson, 19-yard reception. Alec Ingold, two receptions with 12 yards. The defense played solid, racked up four sacks and a turnover. Linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle was the highlight with 10 total tackles and a half a sack. Dallas over here, Dak Prescott, 20 for 32 with 253 yards and two touchdowns. 
five carries with 24 yards. Uh, Tony Pollard, 12 carries with 38 yards, five-yard reception. CeeDee Lamb, he was a madman in this game. He played lights out, six receptions with 118 yards and a touchdown, two carries with 14 yards. Jalen Tolbert, Two receptions with 51 yards. Jake Ferguson, four receptions with 45 yards. Brandon Cooks, two receptions with 14 yards and a touchdown, nine-yard carry. And the defense played very stingy with five tur- with uh with 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 one turnover, but also with safety Donovan Wilson being the highlight. Wilson racked up 12 total tackles. So Dolphins. Number one offense, number one in total offense. They are uh, solid on clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Jalen Waddle hurt himself uh, with an ankle injury, a uh, high ankle sprain. Uh, Mike McDaniel says there's a chance that he could play Sunday against the Ravens. We'll talk about that later in the episode with the Pigskin Frenzy injury report. But Jalen Waddle uh, injured his ankle. Tyreek Hill played and he was back. He had nine receptions with 99 yards. Tyreek Hill was a madman in this game as well. Uh, the Dolphins play like they want to win it. They played very physical up front. They play high octane offense and they hit the weak spots of the Dallas defense. And that's what got them the win, especially a, th- a crucial third and three, a third down and three conversion for Tyreek Hill that led them to a game winning field goal, 22 to 20 to give them the win in Miami. And I think those are the small things that Miami does on offense that kind of just kill you a little bit. And I'm talking about like third down conversions like that that will lead to some points and that will hurt you. And those are some things that you got to watch out. Miami is still firmly in it for the number one seed. They had a huge game coming up against Baltimore Sunday on New Year's Eve at, at, uh, at 1 Eastern that we are covering and that we're gladly covering because it is a good football game. This is what football is all about. And this offense is cooking on all cylinders. And this defense ain't bad either. Andrew Van Ginkle, I mean, 10 total tackles and a half a sack. Bradley Chubb, they're all clicking on defense as well. This is a team that I would watch out come two weeks in the playoffs. Not just in the playoffs, but come Sunday. Let's see what happens. They have a shot at getting this number one seed in the AFC. They look good. They were clicking on all cylinders. They hit the weak spots of the defense for the Cowboys, including, like I said, third down conversions. That was key for the Miami Dolphins. And they... Were clicking. They found a way to to, to hit the the weaknesses of this defense, and they were clicking uh, on offense. And this is a good team, a solid football team. I was high on Miami during the offseason. I'm still high on Miami. I like the Dolphins, and uh, the Dolphins are looking pretty solid going into two weeks. Now the Cowboys, Cowboys kind of dipped after that, that that Philadelphia performance, and they dominated the Eagles two weeks ago. Um, they played the Bills last week, and they p- played the Dolphins this past Sunday. They played the Dolphins in Buffalo. Didn't go too well for them. Uh, they only scored 10 points. It was 31-10 victory for the Bills. Uh, couldn't do anything. They were sacked four times. Sacked four times against Buffalo. In the in the running game, they were getting carved up on the, uh, defensively. I mean, the run with James Cook for the Cowboys got them. And uh, the run a little bit got them here. Uh, their rushing defense was kind of on ice, on 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 thin ice here. Uh, you know, in these past couple of games, and I think they got the weak. They found the weak points of this defense, and they capitalized on it. That's what the Dolphins did. The Dolphins looked at what they what what they needed to work. You know, what they 
what they could have done against or what they could have, you know, did or capitalized on that the Bills did and they did right. And the Dolphins did that against the the Cowboys, just like the Bills did against the Cowboys. They hit the weak spots of that defense. And I felt like there were some points where they were on their heels a little bit. Uh, offensive line was a big problem in this game for the Cowboys. They couldn't really get anything going. I mean, especially, I mean, four sacks. Dak Prescott was sacked four times. He didn't have time to throw the ball. He did have time to throw the ball to C.D. Lamb. I mean, he got a lot of yards. But in crucial moments, Dak did not have time to throw the football. And I think the offensive line kind of caved in. Uh, the defensive front for the Dolphins kind of just played very physical football. Wilkins, Van, uh, Van Ginkle, uh, I mean, you got Bradley Chubb. You got guys on the edge there that just, collapsed the pocket for Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott couldn't do anything and he got sacked. Now, uh, the line just collapsed. They were out physical. The defensive line beat the O-line out and I think that was a crucial part of why the Dolphins beat the Cowboys uh, and a lot of people did not realize it. Those four sacks add up and I felt like that was a key reason on why the Cowboys lost because they were out physical up front and I feel like what needs to be worked on uh, by Sunday, if you're Dallas, um, or uh, I'm sorry, by Saturday, technically, if you're Dallas, because you're playing another solid football team in Detroit, uh, you got to work it up on up front. You got to uh, clean up those block, uh, clean up those, you know, those sacks and clean up uh, up front and block up front and play physical football up front. If you're willing, if you're wanting to win this game at home Saturday. So final score, Dolphins 22, Cowboys 20. Cowboys are still in it. The Cowboys will be in the playoffs. Uh, and in two weeks, the Dolphins will for sure be in the playoffs in two weeks. Uh, but the Dolphins looking solid, man. 11-4, heading to a showdown Sunday against the Ravens. The Cowboys are headed into a showdown with the Lions Saturday. And uh, let's see if they can get back on track. Uh, they kind of dipped after after I jinxed it again. I jinxed it. I See, jinxed my illness. I jinxed the Cowboys. Got to get back on track for this game coming up Saturday. Let's go on to our, <clears throat> let's go on to two more games uh, for week 16 before we go on to the injury report. Uh, Ravens at 49ers. The battle for the number one seeds in their respective conferences. Uh, when you look at this game, you're sitting here and you're thinking, what a showdown. And we got it on Christmas. We have it on Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, by the way, for uh, from all of us here at Pigskin Frenzy. But, I mean, what a... What a game. It was a great Christmas present to watch. Uh, Ravens, 49ers, both really clicking on all cylinders, complete football teams. And it w it went how I expected. It did not go how I expected. I got this game wrong. I picked the Niners to win this game. I thought they were a more complete football team. But I was wrong. Final score, 33-19. Ravens route the 49ers in San Francisco, in Santa Clara, in Levi Stadium. Lamar Jackson, 20-1 20, 20 against NFC teams. Do not mess with this man. I said that Dak Prescott was in line to win MVP, and you're just going to have to go ahead and give it to him a couple of weeks ago. I was... I'm going to backtrack on that. I'm wrong. Right now, the favorite should be Lamar Jackson. He has play, has had his best season since winning the MVP. Uh, most people, when you get paid and they're in the offseason, you think, okay, uh, it's not going to end up, you know, it's not going to end up working out well. 
uh, you know, they're going to end up kind of dipping. No, Lamar Jackson said, pay me enough. I'll, I'll give me the contract that I want. And also, we're gonna we're gonna be in business, and not only in business, I'm gonna bring a cha- I'm gonna try to bring a championship home to Baltimore, and that is what he is doing. The Ravens are no joke, and I would fear the Ravens a little bit. Lamar Jackson, 23 for 35 with 252 yards and two touchdowns, seven carries with 45 yards. Gus Edwards, nine carries with 31 yards and a touchdown, 39 yard reception. Justice Hill, 10 carries with 26 yards, three receptions with 31 yards. Zay Flowers, the rookie, the rookie sensation, nine receptions with 72 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Likely, three receptions with 56 yards. Charlie Kalar, 17-yard reception. Rashad Bateman, 14-yard reception. Odell Beckham Jr., two receptions with 13 yards. Nelson Aguilar, three receptions with 10 yards and a touchdown. The defense racked up five interceptions. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five interceptions. Sounded like LeBron James for a second there. Safety Marcus Williams was a big part of the defensive performance with seven total tackles and an interception. Let's go with the Niners really quick. Brock Purdy, not his best game, was the clear-cut MVP favorite heading into this one. Now he is fourth, and Christian McCaffrey is second with Lamar Jackson being first. Brock Purdy, 18 for 32 with 255 yards and four interceptions. Sam Darnold came in for him later on in the game to give Purdy some rest, 8 for 14 with 81 yards and a touchdown with one interception, 9-yard carry. Christian McCaffrey played his best brand of foot. He he played really good uh, for, for the cards given to him. 14 carries with 103 yards and a touchdown, 6 carries with 28 yards. McCaffrey has always played good each and every game. If you want to talk about a consistent football player and a consistent athlete and a consistent running back, Christian McCaffrey has been it, okay? So uh, if, if you want to add a personal favorite for my MVP race, I would highly suggest Christian McCaffrey. He has been probably one of my favorite players to watch in the past few years, but especially this season. Christian McCaffrey has been a solid football player. Debo Samuel, four receptions with 47 yards, two carries with seven yards. George Kittle, the people's tight end, seven receptions with 126 yards. Brandon Ayuk, six six receptions with 113 yards. And Ronnie Bell, 12-yard touchdown reception, the rookie out of Michigan. The defense played tough, but just couldn't stop the Ravens' offense. Linebacker Backers Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner were the highlights for this defense, though. Greenlaw knocked 12 total tackles, and Warner racked up 10 total tackles. Man, when I looked at this game, I thought because of the completeness of the 49ers, they were going to win this ball game, but the Ravens weren't having it. I felt like the 49ers struggled a little bit on its heels with the Ravens, Uh, with a little bit of their misdirection and their counterplays running the football. They ran the football pretty well on the Niners. Uh, Gus Edwards, I mean, look at what Gus Edwards did. Gus Edwards had 31 yards and a touchdown, nine carries. Uh, Justice Hill, 26 yards, uh, 26 yards. Lamar Jackson, even, 45 yards on the ground. Uh, They put up uh, near 100-plus yards on the ground. And uh, when you look at it, their running game is really strong. It is hard. And I keep saying that. Lamar Jackson uh, has gotten better at throwing the football, and that is a scary sight to see because he usually is a guy that will take off 
and run when he didn't see anything, but now he improvises through the air, and that is scary, okay? That is a scary thought if you're an opposing team trying to play the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, trying to contain Lamar Jackson. Uh, good luck trying to contain him now. He's the MVP favorite, and he's the clear-cut MVP favorite. Uh, when you look at when you look at the ground game, uh, they're the number one rushing offense in the in the league. Uh, when they run the ball, it is like you know trying to trying to get butter. All those trying to trying to trying to pick up a slight, trying to pick up butter a little bit. It's slippery, and you're trying to pick it up, and you, you can't. You know, you just can't pick it up. And it, it, that is the Baltimore Ravens when you look at them on on the ground when you're trying to stop them uh, through the air. They look good through the air as well. Uh, but that defense, that defense is very underrated. They are top six in total defense, number six to be exact in total defense in the league. And when you look at the Ravens on defense, they played pretty solid. They played pretty physical for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, I don't think has seen a physical a physical defense like the Baltimore Ravens yet this season, besides maybe the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and the defense for the Ravens played stellar. I mean, five turnovers. They they Brock Purdy had four interceptions with Sam Darnold having one. They threw they got five picks out of both quarter uh, out of combined out of both quarterbacks. Uh, the especially Marlon Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Williams played pretty solid football, uh, pretty solid football uh, performance for them, and they looked good. They both looked good. The Ravens were were pretty good on both sides of the football. They dominated them on all sides of the ball, and the Ravens look like a team in two weeks that will not be playing in two weeks. They look like a team that will that could will be, that will probably be playing in three weeks instead of playing in two weeks and having the number one seed. So if they beat the Dolphins Sunday, the Ravens, they could potentially could have the number one seed sewn up. Uh, and vice versa for the Dolphins. If the Dolphins do it, they could have the number one seed sewn up. It changes everything if the Ravens lose Sunday. But the Ravens look like a team that could have the number one seed. They look like a team that is for real, and they are not a team that is going to go First uh, one and done in the playoffs. They look like they can make a deep run in the in the playoffs in the AFC. So let's just see what happens with the Ravens. They look solid. They look good on all sides of the ball uh, coming up on Christmas. Now the Niners, don't sweat the Niners. Do not sweat the Niners. I think they are still one of the best football teams in the league, especially the best team in the, in the, in the NFC. They just ran into a brick wall and they ran into a team that is hungry in the Baltimore Ravens. Now, uh, what they got to do is they got to protect the, protect Brock Purdy a little bit better. Uh, besides just Trent Williams, Trent Williams did a good job, but on uh, the rest of the guys on uh, up front need to protect Brock Purdy better. Brock Purdy needs to make better decision-making when it comes to, you know, especially in being pressured. I get being pressured. It's hard to complete a, complete a pass, and it's hard to play quarterback when being pressured, and it's hard to make some accurate throws when being pressured. But protecting the football was a, is a big thing for Brock Purdy. Four interceptions all from Brock Purdy alone, and I feel like that is a key going into this Commanders game Sunday. Protect the football and show everybody why you are an accurate quarterback and while you're Brock Purdy and while you're up there for the MVP race. I think that is a big key at it, coming out of this game that we can learn from, and that is protecting the football and protecting Brock Purdy itself. Uh, 
Christian McCaffrey played really, really well. Um, I felt like they really needed to uh, rely on a little bit more on the run because uh, I felt like just relying on the run a little bit more could have made it a little bit closer in this game. Uh, putting in the game in Christian McCaffrey's hands and, and how talented he is uh, could have been a different outcome for the San Francisco 49ers, maybe. Uh, so I would have assumed, you know, I, I assume he's running the ball more and establishing a little bit more of the run game with Christian McCaffrey. And he did. They did. They, they ran the ball well, and he played well due to what he was given. But I would have ran the ball a lot more, especially, you know, given the circumstances that were coming there because they really couldn't stop McCaffrey a whole lot on the ground. So run the ball a lot more, and I think the outcome would have been a tiny bit different. Maybe not the result, but an outcome score-wise could have been a little bit different as well. So And the defense, the defense could have you know picked some of the plays up a little bit. Uh, they couldn't slow down the run, but they couldn't slow a little bit. They couldn't slow a whole lot down on the, through the air either. I feel like they could have done a little bit more through the air with Javarius Ward in the backfield. And uh, you got guys in the secondary that could have picked up some of those receivers, and they didn't. They couldn't, they couldn't slow them down through the air either. And I feel like through the air, they could have done a little bit better. They couldn't do they couldn't do a whole lot through the ground because through the ground they were carving them up a little bit through the ground. But through the air, I feel like the Niners could have done a little bit more to slow them down there. But uh, just work on that next game. Work on everything and clean up the turnovers and clean up uh, everything and establish the run a little bit more with McCaffrey because he can win you some football games. He really can. So if I'm the Niners, this is what I'm doing heading in to the Commanders game on New Year's Eve Sunday. Final score, 33-19. The Ravens look good, man. 12-3 and heading in to a good showdown, a solid showdown with the Dolphins on New Year's Eve, uh, fighting for the number one seed come two weeks in the playoffs. The Ravens look good, looking like they're hungry for a championship. The Niners, 11-4, still hungry for a championship, but just ran into a hungry team against the Baltimore Ravens. 33-19, Ravens defeat the 49ers, and I am high on both of these teams still. So I would love to see a rematch come February between those two teams, maybe. So if it happens, let's just see. So... One more game before we head into the injury report. Uh, 37 minutes and 38 minutes into the market into the show. Uh, pressing on time. We're doing pretty good here on Pigskin Frenzy. So, Raiders and Chiefs. And this is what I was talking about with Kansas City. Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, on Christmas, 12 p.m. This is before the Monday Night Football game. Before, uh, before Eagles and Giants. Before Ravens and Niners. Raiders and Chiefs. I would have thought and assumed that the Chiefs were going to win this game, but I was surprised of the outcome. Final score, and this is a game I didn't even cover, 20-14, to 14, Raiders defeat the Chiefs and upset them in Arrowhead. Chiefs go to 9-6. and six. Aiden O'Connell, 9-21 for 21 with 62 yards. They didn't do anything special, so let me go into the stats really quick. They didn't do anything special. Okay, they really did not do anything special in this game. They ran the ball extremely well, but that's about it. Aiden O'Connell, 9 for 21 with 62 yards. Amir White, 22 carries with 145 yards. Uh, Amir Abdullah, two carries with 11 yards. No Josh Jacobs. We will have an update on him uh, in the Pigskin Frenzy Injury Report 
for the NFL. So Jacoby Myers, three receptions with 42 yards. Austin Hooper, two receptions with 13 yards. The defense played a strong game against the offense. Defensive back Nate Hobbs and linebacker Robert Spillane were the highlights for this defense, with both of them racking up 11 total tackles. Patrick Mahomes, 27-44 with 235 yards and a touchdown with one interception. 10 carries with 53 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 11 carries with 26 yards and a touchdown. He left the game later on due to a hedge uh, knee to the head uh, being ruled out for a concussion. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, four carries with six yards, three receptions with 42 yards. Rasheed Rice, six receptions with 57 yards. Richie James, three receptions with 54 yards. Travis Kelsey, five receptions with 44 yards. Justin Watson, four receptions with 38 yards and a touchdown. Linebacker Nick Bolton was the highlight of the defense with six total tackles <clears throat> so let's talk about this game and let's talk about the Raiders really quick congratulations seven uh six and eight and you got a huge win in Arrowhead went on the road in a rainy cold environment Christmas environment and got the win in Arrowhead you ran the ball extremely well and Antonio Pierce is trying to get ready and trying to hopefully gain the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching job. Uh, when you look at everything, um, I think that uh, when you look, when you look at the Raiders, they are hungry for a rebuild and they're hungry to try to right the ship, if that makes sense. And they did, and they're, they're trying to. A key division win like this is good for them. And it is a... It's one of those things where you look at it and it, you can right the ship and start, start trying to steer the ship in the right direction by getting key wins like this. So for the Raiders, congratulations. Uh, we got to figure out who their next head coach is going to be. It could be Antonio Pierce. He is vying for that head coaching job. They seem hungry and they seem like they want to play for him which is a good sign. They want to play for Antonio Pierce, and he has a heart and passion to be a head coach, which is good for the Las Vegas Raiders. So we'll see what happens with the Las Vegas Raiders from here on out. But for them, a uh, good win, and congratulations for them. Let's talk about the Chiefs, and this is what I'm mainly going to talk about. This is their sixth loss. I understand the Packers game. Uh, bad play calls, uh, bad bad calls for... Uh, for the, for the ref side, two pass interferences that they missed. I get it. For the Bills, uh, they were called offsides, uh, offensive offsides, and they lost that game. It was a tough game. The Bills are hungry right now because they are fighting for a playoff spot. I understand that. But this game, man, uh, starting off sluggish against the New England Patriots, who were eliminated, who have been eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, they lost. They they played. They won this game. They lost against the Raiders on Christmas. Uh, missing throws, not blocking. Uh, they're they're not clicking on all cylinders. They don't have the depth at receiver that they should have to help out. Clearly, the best quarterback in the NFL, and he is still the best quarterback in the league. In Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they had the best one of the they had the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. I think it's a mental issue. I've said this. Um, a lot of people are saying, "No, no, it's not uh, Taylor Swift." Listen, it it's good. 
publicity for the NFL, and it's good business for Taylor Swift. <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. Taylor Swift to be marketing and helping out with the NFL, and not only that, dating Travis Kelsey. Sure, he's she's supporting his man. She's she is supporting her man playing football. But I feel like everybody is wrapped up in the Chiefs kingdom with Taylor Swift, and they're wrapped up with what's going on with the glam, the glitz, and the fashion. It is taking the foot focus off of football. They are not a they are not a Super Bowl team. I'm just going to blade that out now. They're not a Super Bowl team. They may be a playoff team, which they have to win Sunday and or next week in order to clinch a playoff a playoff berth. So they're going to have to win this week to not only win their division again, win the AFC West again, but also clinch a playoff spot. My deal is this. Not just that. They're going to clinch the AFC West. They're going to win the AFC West championship. They're going to win their division, and they're going to clinch a playoff spot. They're going to be in the playoffs. But are they going to make a run for the Super Bowl? And this is where they need to start waking up a little bit. And I'm saying waking up as in they need to clear their head of all the off-field stuff and focus on the game itself. They need to catch footballs. They need to run their routes right. They need to play football right. And they need to block. They need to help Mahomes out. I get it. Mahomes throwing a pick six in the game to Jack Jones and him looking back at him. I understand a lot of what happened and I understand a lot of what can happen is Mahomes. A lot of his throws are ill-advised, and a lot of his throws, when you look at them, are not there. But a lot of that is also on the receivers. The receivers are, are, are not jumping up for the footballs. The only one who has been really consistent in my eyes in the receiving core is rookie receiver Rasheed Rice. He has been a, a solid threat for him. So I would I would keep him in the lineup, but I would try to this offseason for sure go out and get some receivers to help out Patrick Mahomes and get some receiving a receiving core and add some depth to the receiving core that will help out Mahomes and that will catch footballs and that will make the plays that can help out Patrick Mahomes to continue drives, to not go three and out, to not, you know, drop footballs or mess up and to into cost not only some some plays and some drives but some football games okay so not only that clear your head from the distractions because listen it's awesome to see taylor swift a part of the chiefs the, the, the kansas city Chiefs and the chiefs kingdom and for taylor swift and travis kelsey to be dating and it, it's awesome on off the field antics but it's you have to leave that off the field because if you bleed it onto the field and that's all it's talked about and that's all the camera is showing and that's all the media is buying into, they're not going to win football games. You have hungry teams out there like the, like the Baltimore Ravens, like the Buffalo Bills who are trying to rise back up, like the Miami Dolphins even, who were hungry for titles and who are hungry on offense, who are rocking the boat and who are who are ready to rock and roll and bring home a Lombardi trophy. They're trying to stop you from going back to back and you're not focused enough on trying to stop them. And that is what is the issue. Now, their defense, their defense is solid. 
their passing defense with Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed, uh, they and and Mike Edwards, they got some guys on, on in the secondary on defense that are key to this team. Their defense is solid. Chris Jones, uh, they got a lot of guys on defense up front, especially that are, are top 10 on defense. They have a top 10 defense, and their defense is pretty good. Steve Spagnoli is doing a really good job. Uh, a, a, a really good job for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. It's just the offense is what needs to be clicking. And that's surprising because you have the best quarterback in the league. You have the best tight end in the league. You got some players like Isaiah Pacheco and guys like Rasheed Rice who were solid at those skill positions. But they need more depth on the O-line and they need more depth at the receiving core coming up this offseason for the draft. And I would focus specifically on the draft to get some of those guys. Uh, and, and not only that, you still have a shot at going to the Super Bowl. So what you need to do is clear your mind Prepare your mind for the long run because you shouldn't be losing games to the Las Vegas Raiders. Nothing against the Las Vegas Raiders. Congratulations, y'all did win. But, and they are a solid team. That's not me knocking on the Las Vegas Raiders. But you have to think a little bit that the Chiefs could have won that game. They could have won that game and they should have won that game. The Chiefs, need to focus and regroup and get ready because they are distracted and they do not need to be distracted heading into week 17 and the week 18, the last two weeks of the season before two weeks ready, two weeks is when their playoff game is. They have not lost six games in a regular season under Patrick Mahomes. This is the first season ever they have lost six games under Patrick Mahomes as his, as the starting quarterback. Not only that, this is the first ever, and talk about dominance with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Talk about dominance. This is the first year where the Chiefs are going to have to go on the road to play a playoff game if they make it. If they play a higher seed than them, they're going to be, I think, the number three seed projected to be the number three seed in the playoffs. This is the third First time ever that Mahomes would have to play a road playoff game if he faces a, a seed that's higher than him. Never, never happened for Mahomes yet before. They have to focus and they have to regroup going in to two weeks and going into Sunday uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the, the Chiefs are out of the number one seed sweepstakes, but they are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just need to quit being distracted and they need to wake up. Because they got, if they want to make another run, they're going to have to focus and clear their head of the mental errors. Final score, Raiders 20, Chiefs 14. Raiders trying to steer the ship and trying to figure out what's going on with their future. Chiefs trying to look ahead into the playoffs and they need to focus and wake up ahead of this, this stretch. Bengals Sunday, playoffs in two weeks. Wake up, guys. Let's wake up here for the Chiefs. Now, other news before we go into the injury report 
and preview and predict these games. The Broncos are benching quarterback Russell Wilson. Quarterback Jared Stidham will start for the Chargers. Really quickly here, um, the Broncos have been kind of going down, kind of dipping and dipping a little bit, especially ever since the Lions loss. Uh, Russell Wilson has not been playing up to the standard uh, here as of the past few weeks. As of late, uh, their playoff hopes are kind of going down a little bit again. And Sean Payton has decided to make a change at quarterback against the Chargers. Uh, and Jared Stidham, Russell Wilson, will be the backup. Now, there have been rumors of a hypothetical release for Russell Wilson. And if Russell Wilson were to be cut, the Broncos would owe $85 million to Russell Wilson. Uh, they're kind of at a crossroads here with this. Uh, if they want to rebuild and look for a quarterback in the draft, they could Russell Wilson. They could cut w- Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson is going to be worth a lot. Now, there's going to be a lot of teams out there if they see Russell Wilson on the free agency on the uh, on the free, free agency this offseason, they're going to want to pick up Russell Wilson. But if the Broncos do not cut Russell Wilson and they try to figure things out with him and they keep playing him during the during the, the during next season uh let's just see what happens uh it's not the end of the road for Russell Wilson uh but they just are in a spot right now where they may need to win some of these games to try to have a shot at going to the playoffs in the wild card spot so let's just see what happens with Denver uh I don't really necessarily am hopeful and I'm certain that they're going to go to the playoffs, but let's just see what happens here. I mean, Russell Wilson has been benched by the Denver Broncos. Let's see what happens, and I'll keep you updated on everything going on with that. The Commanders are benching quarterback Sam Howell, and Jacoby Brousset will start versus the 49ers Sunday. Sam Howell, has they have been leaning on this for a little bit, but Sam Howell has not been the guy as of late, and they're going to they're try to go with a new direction Sunday uh, with Jacoby Brousset starting for the 49ers. Let's see what the future holds for Sam Howell, and the future holds for Ron Rivera. There's going to be there's some rumors of the coaching change may be made for the Washington Commanders during the offseason and during after the regular season. So let's just see what happens with the Washington Commanders in the future holds for them. And last but not least, the Giants are benching quarterback Tommy DeVito. If you see me on YouTube, you see me doing the celebration. Uh, if you see me on audio, picture my hand up with my fingers closed. Uh, it's just fresh. It's just very fresh. Tommy DeVito has been benched, and quarterback Tyrod Taylor will start Sunday versus the Los Angeles Rams. I'm kind of confused on this one, because at first, Tommy DeVito was winning some ball games, and then he started losing the games to the Saints, and then he lost to the Eagles, and they benched him during the Eagles, and then Tyrod Taylor was in there, and I think that head coach Brian DeBowl thinks that while Daniel Jones is out for the year, Tyrod Taylor gives him the best chance to win right now. And I don't know. I felt like Tommy DeVito was giving him a good shot at winning. I would try to give Tommy DeVito another shot. But that's just me here on Pigskin Frenzy. That's just me. I would would try to give him a shot. At, at, at starting for the Giants once more, but those are some those are some 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 benching news from the NFL, and uh, all these guys are solid players. But we're gonna see what happens, what the future holds for these teams as the playoffs wind near and as the season draws to a close. Two weeks out from the NFL playoffs, we're already in week seventeen. I'm feeling it. I'm ready to go. I'm rocking and rolling with Pigskin Frenzy here, guys. Let's talk about the injury report really quick. Uh, let's go with it. Let's go through it really quickly, and let's talk about 
week 17 before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Now, the injury report. Vikings tight end TJ Hawkinson is now out for the year after tearing his ACL and MCL. Thoughts and prayers go out to TJ Hawkinson. Solid tight end, and you lose a big piece of your offense if you're the Vikings, especially coming up Sunday when you have a Sunday night football game against the Green Bay Packers, and you're still in it for the NFC playoffs in the wild card spot. You're still in it. So it's a tough loss on offense, especially for a top passing off, a top three passing off, I mean, top 10, 10 passing off into the Vikings here with TJ Hawkinson tearing his ACL and MCL and Lee and losing him for the season. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is out tonight versus the Browns. He has a concussion and he will not play. Trevor Simeon is looking like he will start for the Jets. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper is questionable tonight versus the Jets due to a heel injury. He had a solid game against the Texans this past Sunday, but he is questionable tonight due to a heel injury. I will keep you guys posted on that uh, as the game draws near tonight on Prime. Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell is questionable Sunday with a high ankle sprain, but however, head coach Mike McDaniel has said that he might play Sunday versus the Ravens, and I will have to give more updates on, on that one to the socials. Jalen Waddell, a key piece of that number one offense for the Dolphins. Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud has returned Turned to practice and could return Sunday versus the Titans. I will keep everybody updated on that one. CJ Stroud, you're going to need a CJ Stroud, guys, to captain that offense and to lead that offense and to hopefully winning the AFC South and to hopefully getting them in to the NFL playoffs. So Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, he was backing up Joe Flacco. He is out for the rest of the year due to a hip injury and he has been put on I. Are. So Joe Flacco is their guy from here on out, and he will start for the Browns here on out. Titans defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons has a knee injury, and he is out for the rest of the season, and he has been put on IR. Bengals defensive back Tam Taylor Cam Taylor Britt was a was back at practice and after being on IR due to an ankle injury, and he is on track to play Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Another another key piece here, Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase was on the rehab field after missing last Saturday versus the Steelers due to a shoulder injury. And he is on track to play versus the Chiefs on Sunday. Two key pickups for the Bengals here going into Arrowhead. Those are some guys that they're going to need uh, for, for Sunday. And this injury reports, guys, just to clear clarify, this is going to help with championship weekend for fantasy football. So set your lineups accordingly for fantasy football. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence has a shoulder sprain and he is questionable Sunday versus the Panthers. He missed practice and he is saying that he will do anything that he can to be out there and play. I will have more updates on quarterback Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars coming up Sunday as they play the Panthers and we will see what happens there. Uh, come Sunday with his shoulder injury. Chargers wide receiver Kenyon Allen has a heel injury, and he is questionable Questionable versus the Broncos Sunday. He has missed the past two games due to the injury. Uh, he missed the Bills last week and two weeks on Thursday night football against the Raiders. So we will see what happens there. Uh, I will give everybody updates on Keenan Allen. Raiders running back, last but not least, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs is questionable Sunday for the Colts due to a quad recepts injury, and he had an illness this past Monday against the Chiefs on Christmas. Now, Jacobs 
We will give you an update on him, and hopefully he will be able to go this Sunday. We will give everybody updates on everybody. We'll keep everybody posted on X, and this is the Payskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report, and we're going to keep everybody updated and up-to-date with everybody and who's who's out and who's in. Thoughts and prayers to everybody on this list, and hopefully everybody makes a speedy recovery. Week 17, preview and predictions. Let's talk about these slate of games that we are covering here at Pigskin Frenzy. Kind of pulling double duty a little bit. Saturday, we have a game, spoiler alert, Lions at Cowboys Saturday. We're going to cover that one. And we're kind of kind of pulling double duty because we do I'm covering bowl games as well as working on NFL. So we're kind of pulling double duty here a little bit. All Sunday games besides one Saturday game. So double duty here. So I'm covering bowl games and uh, I'm in the midst of covering some bowl games now. We got some TV going on there between the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Holiday Bowl coming up soon, and we're gonna we'll recap all. We're, we're gonna talk about some of those games Tuesday. Uh on this January 2nd episode of Pigskin Frenzy, the first episode of the 2024 year. So let's talk about, this is the last episode of 2023, the going into the new year. Let's talk about week 17 for New Year's Eve. And let's talk about Packers at Vikings. We're covering that one Sunday night football on NBC. Packers 7-8, and eight, Vikings 7-8 and eight in Minnesota. Something's got to give, especially because both of these teams are ready to rock and roll for the playoffs. So for the Packers, and here's my thoughts, here's a key for them, cause problems for the air if you're the Packers' defense. The Packers have 13th passing defense, and the Vikings have a third passing offense in the league. Top three passing offense in the league. They love to throw it out. They love to air it out to Jordan Addison and to the defending offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. They love to air it out to those guys, especially when Nick Mullins playing at quarterback. Uh, cause problems through the air. Uh, cause, cause some batted balls. Cause for them cover them well. It's going to be hard, especially for Packers defensive back Jair Alexander, who has been suspended one game due to conduct uh, differential for the team. Uh, the story on that is kind of interesting. Go and look at that one. You know what? I'll just tell you really quick. Packers, uh, Jair Alexander was suspended because he was not named a captain due to last, during last week's game. Uh, during last week's game, and well, he went out during the during the captain's huddle and told them that they were going to defer the kick and play defense first, and that could have cost them a possession. That could have cost them a possession for the Packers, and he was he has now been suspended due to, the, due to that incident, and he will miss the Vikings game, which is a, a tough loss for them because. They're gonna need they were they were gonna need him to call some of those problems through the air. Now they're gonna rely on some other options in the secondary. So if you're the Packers, you're gonna have to figure out without Jair Alexander how to slow down the third passing offense in the National Football League. So call some problems through the air, make a miss, uh, call some turnovers, bat some balls down, and call some issues through the air for the Vikings. And for the Vikings, establish the running game. You, They don't have the best running game, and the Vikings, listen to me now, you do not have the best running game, but the Packers don't have the best running defense either. So the Vikings are 27th in rushing offense, but the Packers are 30th in rushing defense. So if you establish the run with uh, Ty Johnson, if you establish the run 
with Alexander Mattinson and you run the football well, you could probably escape escape with a win here. Uh, I know running the ball is not your forte, but if you run the ball and have a balanced attack through the air and you make a lot of those throws, the Vikings could very well end up winning this football game. Who do I have winning this football game? Sunday night football, 7-8, 7-8. Both teams need the win going into two weeks into the playoffs. Give me the Vikings winning this ball game. I got the Vikings winning this game 24-17. Vikings 24, Packers 17. Close by touchdown. Vikings 24, Packers 17. 8-8. Eight and eight. The Vikings go to 8-8 eight and eight and the Packers go to 7-9 and nine and potentially miss the playoffs. The Vikings are still in it in the playoffs, in the wild card. They're not in it in the division. The Detroit Lions have won the, North, the NFC North and have clinched the NFC North and have won that division. But the Vikings win this game and move a step closer into hopefully going to the playoffs. So 24-17, Vikings defeat the Packers. They move to 8-8, eight and eight and the Packers go to 7-9. and nine. Saints at Buccaneers. <clears throat> That's the next game. And when you look at this game, uh, NFC South game, the Buccaneers win this game. They for sure win the NFC South, and they for sure go to the NFC playoffs. So... Buccaneers 8-7, and seven, Saints 7-8. Seven and eight. The Saints really need a win here. The Buccaneers really need a win here as well. So it's in Tampa Bay. The last time we covered this game, we said the, the Buccaneers were going to win this game, but the Buccaneers did win the game 26-9. It was October 1st, and the Buccaneers look solid in that game, and they've been looking solid ever since. Uh, two keys here, and, and it's both about, about players in this football game. For the Saints, Derek Carr has to have a sensational game. He has to have, uh, he is, his, his, his QBR rating is 43.3, uh, and or 45.3 as, as, as long as I know. Uh, he is 22nd in the NFL and QBR rating. He has to have a consistent football game. This is facts. you got to look it up. He is not being consistent, and he has to be consistent. I said that during the offseason, that Derek Carr needs to be consistent with the New Orleans Saints and not be like how he was with Las Vegas. Good drive on here, bad drive here. Bad game here, good game here. He needs to play a consistent football game, and he needs to have a sensational game in order to to cause chaos in the NFC South late and to try to figure out how to finally get his team into the playoffs because they're still in it, but they need to win this ball game. He has to have a sensational football game right here. The Buccaneers, for them, they just got to let Rashad White cook. Rashad White, solid running back option for them, not only on the ground, but through the air. Baker Mayfield has been utilizing him as a bear, as a solid weapon. For this team. So if you're Rashad White, just if you're the Buccaneers, let Rashad White cook and let Rashad White create plays for this offense. So who do I have one of this ball game? Close game. I, I think it's going to be a very physical game between both defenses, defenses. And I think a good key here is up front. Who plays well up front? Because you're going to have to play well up front to win this football game. Who wins? I got the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think the Saints are going to put up a better fight than they did against uh, than they did against them the first go round. I think the Buccaneers win this one again. I think the Buccaneers clinch the a the NFC South and defeat the Saints and they clinch a playoff spot. Buccaneers win this game 34-28. Buccaneers 34, Saints 28. 
and the Buccaneers go to 9-7. and seven. The Saints go to 7-9. and nine. They win the NFC South, and they clinch a playoff spot behind Baker Mayfield's incredible performance that's coming up Sunday on New Year's Eve. Buccaneers win it 34-28 and move on to the NFC South as NFC South champions and claim another NFC South title, their second NFC South title, and go to the playoffs. Saturday night football, right after the Capital One Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State, Lions at Cowboys. Lions at Cowboys. Monday night football, Saturday night football edition, Lions at Cowboys, week 17, Lions 11 and 4, Cowboys at 10 or 10 and 5. It's in Dallas, home field advantage for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh for the Lions, you got to do what the Miami Dolphins and the Bills did. Hit the weak spots of that defense. The Cowboys are 7th in total defense, and that goes by running the football. I would run the football with David Montgomery, with Jameer Gibbs, and create some of that uh, balanced rushing attack with both backs for the Lions. And uh, the Lions on offense are exceptional. They're stellar on offense. This This is the best Lions team that we've seen in a long time that I've ever seen in a long time. So 11-4, Cowboys, 10-5, run the ball. If you're the if you're the Lions, I would run the football with David Montgomery, run the ball with Jameer Gibbs, and that's how you hit the weak spots of the Cowboys defense. You run the football. So if you're the Cowboys, do not let them start off fast. Do not let them start off fast. And if you if you let Jared Goff and the offense start off fast, they're going to cook you, and they're going to cook you, and they're going to beat you. The Denver Broncos asked them a couple of weeks ago on Saturday on NFL Network. That was tough. It was 42-19 Lions, and the Lions started off, started off fast, and the Broncos could not stop them. You do not let the Detroit Lions start off fast, especially this year on offense. They are third in total offense. They have the third best offense in the National Football League. Do not let them start off fast. They have a, a, a solid air attack with Jared Goff. I mean, playing lights out. You have Armand, Armand Ross St. Brown, uh, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams. You got Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end sensation. You have David Montgomery, and Jameer Gibbs, not only through the air, but on the ground, do not let them start off fast. And if you're the defense, you're playing like the Cowboys defense in this game, and you're playing physical, and you're going to try to force them to cause turnovers. You're going to pressure Jared Goff into causing some turnovers, and that's how you're going to win this football game. Who wins this football game? It's going to be close. I think the Cowboys are going to be play a good game, especially because it's at home, because they play really, really well at home. This is a very big key here because they're playing them into AT&T Stadium. However, I think it's close, but I think the Lions find a way to pull it out and beat the Cowboys. The Lions go to 12-4, and four, and the Cowboys go to... 10 and 6. The Lions upset the Cowboys at home and they get them. Lions 28, Cowboys 21. Lions 28, Cowboys 21, and they get them at home. Upset Saturday night special. Lions 28, Cowboys 21, and the Lions go to 12 and 4, and the Cowboys go to 10 and 6. Last but not least, before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, Dolphins at Ravens, the battle for the number one seed in the AFC. This is what football is all about. I am so excited about covering this football game. I'm excited about this game. Dolphins at Ravens, 11 and 4, 12 and 3. 
if you're the Dolphins, you have to contain the Ravens' rushing attack. The Ravens are first in rushing offense, but the Dolphins are fifth in rushing defense. So if anybody can slow them down on 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 running the ball, it's the Dolphins. They have a, a stingy defense and a stingy defense enough to where they contain and slow down that rushing offense. So if you're the Dolphins, slow down the Ravens' running game with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill because they are going to run the football in this game. If you're the Dolphins or if you're the Ravens, you got to find a way to slow down Tua and this offense. I know it's a basic key here, but you got to limit their weapons. You got to guard with Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. You got to guard Tyreek Hill. You got to guard Jalen Waddell if he plays. You got to guard Cedric Wilson Jr. You got to guard these guys. You uh, Durham Smythe, you got to guard some of these weapons that, that Tua has in his arsenal on offense because they will eat you alive. The number one total law and total offense, the number one offense in the league, the number six defense in the league is the Baltimore Ravens. So if anybody can try to slow them down, it's probably going to be the Ravens. So let's just see what happens there. They got the number one offense in the league, though. It's going to be hard to slow them down, but you got to slow down what they present especially up front. This battle is going to be won up front, I think. And not only that, that, this is the key for both. Who plays better at quarterback? I think this is going to be a battle between who plays better at quarterback, and that's how the game is going to be decided. If Tua plays better at quarterback with a lot of his weapons, they'll win, and they'll pull off the upset. If If Lamar Jackson keeps playing the way he's playing and playing like he's hungry, he'll win. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in this football game? Who plays better at quarterback? Who wins up front and who plays better at quarterback? And those are the the basic keys for this football game. Who wins this football game? I think it's going to be close, very close. However, due to the home field advantage, it is hard, very hard right now. And see what they happen, what happened to the Niners? It's hard to go against the Baltimore Ravens right now. So give me the Baltimore Ravens close. I am really high on Miami Dolphins. Would I be surprised if the Miami Dolphins upset the Ravens? I would absolutely not be surprised if the Dolphins won this game. But I got the Ravens because they're it's hard to bet against the Ravens in this game. Give me the Baltimore Ravens by a score of 24. 14. Ravens 24, Dolphins 14. They get the win by 10. Uh, they run away with it in later in the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins and the Ravens win 24-14. The Ravens go to 13 and 3. The Dolphins go to 11 and 5, and the Ravens lock hold of the number one seed in the AF. See that just about does it for pigskin frenzy guys a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back watch and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me now if you're watching on YouTube subscribe to the channel like each episode leave comments down below Spotify and Podbean all you have to do is and and Apple is is got to just follow on there and share around with others x instagram and facebook all you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy follow like the pages there you will get episode updates you will get news and highlights from across college football and nfl football you will get trivia questions on instagram stories go and answer today's nfl one as well as all things up to date for pigskin frenzy guys big thank you once again we will be back tuesday for the first edition of Pigskin Frenzy of the 2024 year of the new year. This is the last edition of Pigskin Frenzy for 2023. 
Guys, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. I hope everyone had a is going to have a Happy New Year. Enjoy this weekend's footballs and enjoy the college football playoff on Monday. We will be back right here Tuesday to recap college football action, bowl game coverage, and recap the college football playoff and preview and predict the national championship game. Until then, until Tuesday, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you then. And for everybody out there, stay the course.